Welcome to episode number 102 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Today's a very special podcast. I guess I would have to think they're all special because I look forward to them all. But I believe today we've got something unique for each and every listener out there. I believe that today the Lord's going to show us how to identify and understand the generosity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God the Father. You see, this series is on God's generosity. A lot of times we go through life wondering, does God care for us? Does he really concern? Is he really concerned about our areas of concern that we have? Is he going to be there when we need him? Will he answer our prayers? And we kind of go on and on and on. But we've got to just stop and think that we serve a generous God. Our God sacrificed his son that we could have everlasting life with him. That's generosity to the ultimate degree. So today, I believe there's something that's going to touch your heart as we get into today's lesson entitled, Five Steps to Receive God's Generosity. Basically, we're going to learn how to identify it, how to know when it's there, and how to receive the pure generosity of God. So with that, let's just pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. Father, I thank you for the opportunity I have at this time to bring this message to those who are listening in. And I ask now that the Holy Spirit would take control, complete control of my thoughts, the notes that I've made, the comments that I've written here to prepare for this podcast. I pray that you would bless it and anoint it. And most of all, Father, I pray that those who are listening in today would receive something special from you that the Holy Spirit would reveal something unique to them, to their life, and to the needs that they're facing each and every day. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, for your desire to bless us and help us. For we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. In my previous podcast, I talked about an experience I had when I moved around during my years of working for the bank. We went to a little city called Sierra Vista. It was a pretty little town. And we at first were concerned about it because we thought, well, it's kind of little, it's small. Do I have any future or hope here? But we prayed and we asked for the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction. And we believe that the doors opened up for us there. The bank wanted to transfer me there to give me an opportunity to manage a very large bank on a military post called Fort Huachuca in southern Arizona. Because I had served in the military and the army, they thought that would be a good match. So we went ahead and accepted that position. But before we did, we went down to make sure that the Lord was going to guide us there and that we would feel at peace about being there. So we looked for a church. Yeah, we were actually, more than anything else, looking for a church home before we made any other decisions. I believe that's how we receive the blessings of the Lord and receive his generosity is if we focus our attention on him. So I told my wife, before we come down here or decide whether we're going to come down here or not, I think we need to make sure that the Holy Spirit will guide and direct us to know that there's a church down here where we should be involved and receive the fullness of the Lord there. So we went around, we found this little church, and I think I told a lot about it in the last podcast. It was a dumpy little place. It was not in good repair. And I kind of developed an attitude when I first saw it was, how can these people be good Christians if they're not taking care of their property? And I was kind of judgmental about that, thought maybe that they wouldn't be good people. But then we found out that when we met the people, they were great people. They just didn't have any money to do the things that the church needed, and they were struggling just to keep the doors open. It was a small church of about 30 people. So a lot of challenges hit me, and during that time that I was there, we basically really were called into ministry. 
that's the place without getting into the story. Because if you want to go back and listen to it, the previous podcast, it tells about the story of how the church grew and things took, you know, took quite a great movement. But then as we were there, I started thinking about some things that maybe after we had been there about three years, maybe it's time for me to reevaluate my career and my finances for our family. And even though I knew that the God was leading us and directing us at that little church in Sierra Vista, I kind of felt like I needed to work on my career. And I looked back at it as probably was a big mistake because we took a transfer to a place called Tucson, Arizona. I knew that was an opportunity for me to move on in my career. And I know the Lord had blessed us, but we thought, well, he could bless us anywhere that we lived. So we lived in Sierra Vista for about three years and we were blessed. It was wonderful. And all of a sudden we decided that maybe it was time to work on a career. Well, like I've already said, that turned out to be a mistake. And when I went down there, I wound up working for a man who was very difficult to work for. After working about three years in my banking career in Sierra Vista, they the bank called me. Matter of fact, the president of the bank called me and asked me to move to Tucson to work in their commercial loan division. Well, Sharon and I had prayed about it and accepted the bank's offer to move to Tucson. Looking back, we're not sure it was our best decision. My time in Tucson working in the bank was simply miserable. My new boss was a workaholic and wanted all of his people to follow his example and do work the same way he did. He worked seven days a week, 14, 15 hours a day, and demanded that out of all of his people. Now, after struggling for about two and a half years in Tucson, my employer gave me an offer to move back to Phoenix, Arizona. You know, after praying with Sharon and then accepting the offer, we were excited about moving once again. During our time in Tucson, we went to a wonderful church with a very loving and understanding pastor. Now, looking back, we went to Sierra Vista eager to learn and were excited about giving generously of ourselves in that little church because I knew that if I gave generously to the Lord, that it would just automatically come back to me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and it did. However, when I felt the call to go into full-time ministry while we were in the church in Sierra Vista and working at the bank, I was only 32 years of age, and I was a little frightened. At the time, I felt it was too young, and I needed time to develop my banking career and provide for my family. My mistake of moving to Tucson was proof that our Lord would be with us even if we were out of His will. Now, our God will do the same for you in your life. We all live in at times outside of God's will. However, we serve a God who is filled with mercy and love. He is ready and willing to help us get back on track with his plan for us. So now we were back in Phoenix. We had moved around and did what the bank asked me to do and serve the Lord every place we went. We were very active in the churches that we attended. But we were back in Phoenix and we needed to find a new church. Tucson had been a very bad experience. Now, before I go any further, you may be wondering, what does this have to do with God's generosity? Well, it has everything to do with God's generosity because, you see, at a time when I was kind of bouncing around, trying to seek the Lord, trying to find out what He wanted me to do, and then I found that what I thought He wanted me to do was to be a pastor of a church. It made me very nervous. And so I thought, well, maybe that'll come later in my life. I was 32 years old, so maybe I should just hold off. So uh, we serve a God that is so generous that even when I turned down the opportunity to go into full-time ministry, I knew that God was not going to give up on me. And we went to Phoenix, and we basically knew that Sierra Vista was a wonderful experience because we did whatever the church needed, and we were called to be there at that time. Prayerfully, Sharon and I, we would approach the next step of our walk with God when we got to Phoenix. But during this this time of 
bouncing around in our life trying to find out for sure what God wanted us to do. Yet on the on one hand, I kind of knew what he wanted. I knew that he wanted me to work in the church, be involved in the church, but I just was a little concerned about that. But think about what a generous God that we serve because he promised me that he'd never leave me nor forsake me. He promised me that he'd always be a very present help in times of trial. He promised me that all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So God had his hand upon us and he was being generous to us. And in your own life, you may be wondering, well, is the Lord going to be generous to me? Maybe you're going through a trial or a challenge right now and you're kind of thinking, well, where is that generosity? Well, just be faithful to the Lord. Put him first. Be generous with what you have, your talents, your ability, your time of you can spend in prayer. Regardless of where we are financially, we can all spend time in prayer. So with that, we can be generous to God in so many ways, and that will open up the floodgates of heaven where God wants to bless us and be generous once again to us. Now, when I introduced this podcast, I called it Five Steps to Receive God's Generosity. So let me get into those right now. These are designed to help us identify God's generosity for us and how we can receive it, what we need to do in our own life to open up to receive the generosity of our Lord. First of all, decide to be helpful and not to be critical. Now that comes from my experience in Sierra Vista, where at first I saw this little church. It wasn't in good repair. It was in terrible shape. And I kind of thought, well, I probably shouldn't go here because these people evidently don't take care of the church. But I was being critical. I had a critical spirit about it. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to my wife and I during prayer and told us that there was something there for us and that we should seek it and pursue God and just wait and see that he wasn't going to pour out a blessing for us. So we had to decide to be helpful. We In order to do that, we all need to, maybe sometimes when we're facing a challenge where we're thinking about, is this good or bad, or is this something that maybe you're you're struggling with, and maybe you're being a little critical about it, an opportunity at work, a situation with your children, a situation at your church, we should probably stop before we start making decisions on these things and make a list of how we can be positive and how we can be a positive influence to other people. So my wife and I in Sierra Vista, when we saw that church in that state of disrepair, if you will, we made a list of all the things that the church needed. Instead of being critical, we decided what needs to be done and how can we get it done, either through us directly or by getting other people to help and volunteer to do what that church needed. So I would suggest you do that right now. If you're facing a challenge or a trial in your life, make a list of how you can be a positive influence to others in what you're going through right now. Whatever you're struggling with right now, you should write down positive things that could come out of this. Make that list and then wait and see and expect to see God bring out a blessing in your life and watch for his generous spirit to speak over you to guide and direct you through that. Let's move on to item number two now. Never make a judgment from a first impression. Once again, I go back to my experience in Sierra Vista with that little house, that little church. It looked like a little house, but it was a little church. And we made a first a judgment on a first impression. You know, if this is a problem for you, uh, then write down why you struggle with it. Decide to change. Look for the good in everything and every situation. You know, life is filled with challenges. That's just the way it is. God promised us that he would help us through our challenges, not around them. The Bible tells us in the 23rd Psalm in verse 4, I'm reading it out of the New Living Translation, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect, and they comfort me. You see, God never promised to take us around situations and challenges in our life. He promised us that he would help us go through it. 
As a matter of fact, having God beside you, you can go through anything. And the word tells us that he will take us through these situations. We just have to learn to trust him. And receiving God's generosity requires trust on our part. It requires faith on our part to believe that God is going to be with us and will take us through these challenges. And whatever we face, whatever you're challenged with right now, remember, God has a blessing planned for you and he'll take you through it. Let's look at step number three of how to receive God's generosity. Give of what talents you have. Now, a lot of folks will sit around and say, well, I don't really have any talents. I don't have any money. I don't have anything I can bless the work of the Lord. Well, that's that's just not true. Remember the story of the little widow who financially had almost nothing. She just had a couple little coins, like a couple pennies. They called them mites back then. That's what she gave. She gave of what she had. So she took the talent she had, which was generosity. You think, wow, a woman without any money has a talent of generosity? Yeah, she took the last few pennies that she had and gave them to the work of the Lord. And she believed that God would bless her. So with that, we need to make a list, I think, of our talents and our gifts. A lot of people have a rough time making of list or finding things that they feel they might be good at. But don't be shy about making your list of your talents and your abilities because these are gifts from God. God wasn't shy when he gave them to you. Some people say, well, I don't know what I really have any gifts. Well, you you probably have a gift of kindness or generosity or thoughtfulness, a gift of prayer, a gift of helping or looking at other people and maybe helping them out, not necessarily financially, but helping them out, maybe go through a difficult time. You should definitely write this list down because if we don't write it down, we won't identify them. And if we don't identify them, we won't use them. And if we won't use them, we won't open up the windows of heaven for God to bless us. So in order to receive generosity from God, we must be generous with what we have. One thing that we all have the same amount of, and that is time. And so if you can become generous with your time, that's a talent. That's a gift that you have. A lot of folks keep their time for themselves. They're very selfish with their time. But other people will, at the drop of a hat, will just drop everything they're doing and just simply go help someone else, will pour their time into someone else. And one of the greatest gifts that we can give someone, the most generous thing that we can do with other people is to give our time. So make that list, be sure that it's complete, and then read it and pray about it and ask God, where should you use your talents? In what direction and where can you be a blessing to someone else? And when we do that, I believe that God sees that. I believe he's up in heaven with a giant bushel basket of blessings, that he wants to pour out blessings on faithful people. And I used to tell my church that I'd walk around up on the stage and I would tell people, are you ready to receive a blessing from God? Because he's got this huge bushel basket of blessings he wants to pour out. So why don't we just lift our hands and receive that blessing? So you might want to do that right now. Just stop whatever you're doing. Put this this podcast on hold if you can do that and just stop it and lift up your hands to heaven and say, Father, I want to be used of you. Use the talents that I have to be a blessing to someone else. Help me to use my time to help other people. Help me to do whatever you would like me to do, Father, and provide the opportunity. And I believe it and I receive it now in Jesus' name. And if we'll do that, if we'll actually take that step of faith, you wait and see that God won't pour out a blessing. He will pour out a blessing for you and he'll be generous to you because you've been generous with the gifts that he's given you. Let's move on to the fourth step to receive God's generosity. God has a plan for us in his church. So we need to sit down and make a list of where we can help at our church. You see, every church has needs, has 
things where they need people to volunteer and to be a blessing. When we ran our church for 20 years and I pastored a church in North Scottsdale, one of the things that I wanted to be sure was to make available to people the opportunity to volunteer their time to help out, to be a blessing. And we had great response with that. I'm not saying it had anything to do with me, but it had everything to do with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit would tell people, you need to be a blessing here at the church, so there's a need that needs to be done. Why don't you step in and make yourself available to do it? You see, when people would come to me at the church and they would say, Pastor, I've got an idea. What we need to do is this. I would say, that's great. That's wonderful. So when did you plan to start that program? When were you going to put that program or that idea to work here in the church because God gave you that plan, that program, so you need to be a part of it. But many times when people would come to me, they would simply say, I've got this great idea and Lord, I, the Lord told me that I'm supposed to, to tell you about it so that you can go ahead and get it done. Well, that's not how it works. When the Lord speaks to you about doing something in your church or to be a help with someone in your community or your neighborhood or at work or wherever it might be, he's talking to you and you're the one that needs to step out and do that rather than try and pass it on to someone else. Okay, let's move to the final step now in my five steps to receive God's generosity. It you may surprise you what I'm going to talk about here. Think about what you can do for your country. Now, that sounds like a military thing, but really that comes from something that I've written about in my book entitled Generosity, What's in It for Me? And there's a story about President Kennedy, and I want to share that with you for a moment. President John F. Kennedy is known for one of the most famous quotes anyone has ever given in our country. He said this, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Now, those words were shock, shocking words to people, and many of our country heard it. They were said in January the 20th, 1961. It was during his inaugural day. Now, almost everyone was looking to their president to hear what he had to say about how the country would help them. Now, when most were thinking about content of his speech and what was in it for them, Kennedy spoke about what the people of the United States could do for their country. In 1960, most of America thought we were headed for prosperity. You know, we had a young, handsome president with a beautiful wife and family. President Kennedy inherited a country where the majority of its citizens were thinking about, what can my country do for me? How can the country take care of me? Now, since that time, many in our great country have jumped on the bandwagon of, what can the country do for me? You see, it's my opinion that every president we have elected since Harry Truman faced a country wondering what's in it for me. We have so many individuals who look to America for its handouts. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I realize that there are times when we all need an extended hand to help us get up. However, if our focus is what will this country or what will this church do for me and not what can I do for my country or my church, America and the local church will face economic failure. We will lose our entrepreneurial energy for our country and our creative abilities, and our churches will lose out on fulfilling the great command that Jesus gave us was to go out and compel people to come to church, go out into the highways and the hedges and find them and bring these people into the house of God. You see, I'm really concerned about our country, but I'm more concerned about our church because the church is the key to America having great success. The church is the key for God to pour out his generosity on us. So why don't we take the next few minutes that I've got on this 
podcast to think about what can we do for our church. Not so much what can the church do for me, but what can I do for the church? Where can I be of help? Where can I be of value? Where can I make a sacrifice of my finances or my time or my talents or my abilities to the local church? You see, our country is moving towards the government running and controlling everything. And that's something I couldn't disagree with more. I think we're supposed to run this country. This country was re- was created by God for the people. And with that in mind, it, I feel like I'm getting a little political here. I'm trying not to, but it's so important that we understand that the government is not to take care of us. We're supposed to take care of the people of our country, not the government taking care of the people. It's crucial that we understand that when we use what we have, with the abilities that we have, to bless the work of the Lord, to bless this nation, this country can do nothing but grow and prosper. You see, America has always been one of the most giving, generous countries in the world. It seems like any time something happens in this world, the United States of America is there with food, with clothing, with water, with help, with doctors, with nurses, people going to help that country come through the challenges they face. We read about it all the time. We see it all the time. And I believe God has blessed the generosity of America. But it's not because of the government. It's because of the people. The people in our country are generous people. Giving is just surging all over our country right now. And that's what God identifies with. When God sees a generous nation, he's going to bless that nation. Whether it be the United States, whether it be England, whether it be Australia, whether it be Canada, whatever it might be, a generous nation will be blessed to the Lord. So if we want to see God's generosity in our life, then we have to be a generous person. And that is when we'll get the understanding of how to receive the fullness of God's generosity in our life, in our church, and in our country. So let me just make a really quick review of what we've talked about today. The five steps to receive God's generosity. First, decide to be of help and not to criticize. Decide to be a positive person to other people and to the circumstances that you face. Two, never make a judgment from a first impression. Remember that we've got to look at a situation, evaluate it, and find out ways that we can be a blessing to that. Three, give of our talents that we have and give of those blessings that God has given us, the generous gifts that he's given us of our time, our talents, our abilities, and some people, great financial blessings, whatever it might be, use the talents that we have to be a blessing to others. Four, God has a plan for us in his church. Remember that he wants his people to bless the local church, and there's a time in our life when we can use what we have to be a blessing to the church. We can do it just simply for just praying. If we're faithful in attendance, if we're faithful in inviting other people to come to the house of God, that's generosity working, and it gets the attention of God, and he's going to pour out a blessing on that church and on you as an individual. And finally, five, think of what we can do for our country. Remember what Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I'd like to turn that around to ask not what your church can do for you, but for what you can do for your church. And with that, if we have that attitude of wanting to be a blessing to the local church, then it's it's going to just pour out a blessing on you and your family. I believe your church will be blessed. I believe the local church needs to be blessed by the people in America with the challenges that we're facing in our country right now. One of the places we should run to and not run from is the local church. I believe that God wants the church to prosper. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe what that means is, is that Satan will want to attack the church and attack the gates 
of the church and try and take the church down. He's trying to do that all the time. But I can tell you right now that the church will not fail, will not fall, that Jesus will build his church and no attacks on it will ever cause it to fail. So with that, let's pour out what we have to be a blessing to the local church and you wait and see that God won't open up the windows of heaven for you where you can receive a blessing and you can receive the abundance of God and understand what it is to receive God's generosity in your life. Let's pray. Father, once again, I thank you for this opportunity I've had to bring this message at this time to those who are listening in. I thank you for it. I pray that you would bless them now. And Lord, I just pray for a generous gift that you would pour out upon these listeners today. Whatever their need might be, Lord, I pray that you would identify it, Lord. You already know what it is, but Lord, that you would call forth a blessing in their life. Father, there be a physical need. Lord, all you do need to do is just speak the word, Father, of healing into their bodies and that their bodies would line up according to your word, Father, that we should live in health, that we should prosper in all things and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. I pray, Lord, blessings on those who are listening in. I pray, Father God, that they would receive a generous blessing from you right now. We thank you for it and give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I was going to read this scripture at the beginning of this podcast, but for some reason I felt led the Holy Spirit wanted me to wait to the very end to give you something that you can hang on, something that you can go to, and you should memorize this scripture and make it a part of your daily activities. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. It's found in the New Living Translation, and it goes like this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You see, that's another one of God's generous gifts that he has for us, is a future and a hope. Regardless of what you're going through, God is your hope. Whatever you wonder about your future is going to be like, God's got plans for it. Yeah, good and not for disaster. He's going to bless us because he loves his people. And so I just pray that you'll receive that blessing today for I ask that again now in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, for that scripture, I pray. So I hope you receive something from this teaching today because this is certainly a lesson that can change our lives. We don't talk a lot of times about the practical things in life, like being a positive person, to to be a person who can be helpful to others. But we really should, because that is the way that we open up the windows of heaven. That's where God will pour out his generosity upon each and every one of us. So I pray that you will receive that. Now, if you're interested in hearing more about the teachings that I'm having here on generosity, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And you can, when you pull it up, you'll find a number of books there on my webpage that I've written. One's entitled, and that's the book that I'm using as my outline for this teaching on generosity. The title of the book is Generosity, What's in it for me? Now, it may sound a little self-serving, but it's not. It's a book designed to help you understand how to receive a blessing and how to be a greater blessing to those around you. And then what's in that for us? What what happens in our life? What happens in our marriage, in our parenting, in our work career, and in our church, and all those things that we're participating in? What happens in our life when we're a generous person? So with that, I believe God will bless you with that. And if you're interested in these podcasts, you can subscribe to them on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. This podcast series, really the series is called Generosity. It's all about God's generosity. But the overall title of my podcast is Quality Christian Living. Now, the reason I named it that is because I want to talk about how we can live a quality Christian life. That we shouldn't just live a Christian life, just barely getting by and just kind of hoping we get by. I'm always bothered by someone when I say, how you doing? They say, well, I'm still breathing. That's really not much of a testimony of their faith 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. But God wants us to live more than an attitude of, well, I'm still breathing. He wants us to live an attitude of, I live a good life. I can prosper in all things and be in good health. I can live an abundant life, that I can have joy, exceedingly good joy, that I can have a blessing in my life every day of my life, and that that's what God wants me to have. So that's what the podcasts are all about. And with that, I've been teaching on things like prosperity on and things on faith, things on health, issues dealing with dealing with everyday life situations. And so I just believe that it's a, something that's been designed to help Christians live a true quality Christian life. So I hope that you'll receive that and invite your friends and those that you know to listen to the podcast. They are on cpnshows.com. So with that, I pray that you'll be blessed and that you will prosper and receive God's blessings. Now, my next podcast is entitled, Where Can We Find God's Generosity? It's another step in a direction where we go to God's Word and just look at the scriptures and evaluate where God shows us how to receive His generosity. So with that, I'm looking forward to that. Matter of fact, the more I think about that, I become very excited and can't wait to do the next podcast that's coming up. So with that, i just like to close with, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you.